And like fucking Wilford Brimley from the diabetes commercial, she whispers homemade Amish fudge. She, I have whispered things into the ears of my victims with less intensity, joy, and madness than this actress whispered the words homemade Amish fudge. Just forward to this scene and watch this woman say homemade Amish fudge like it's the last lines of Saving Private Ryan. It's fucking amazing. God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema, because when we snap, we want to have a good excuse for it. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Disabled people are the best. <laughs> we do not say that enough. Just good people. Just want to start some of my that. best friends are disabled. And some of my best mothers as well. And sitting 989 miles to my right again, yeah, we're not in the same room together anymore, is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited for some hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> we just might generate it. And if you're wondering why, you'll know in a second, because I'm about to ask Keith, what will we be breaking down today? Okay. We watched More Than Chance. It's a movie about a paraplegic young girl who wants to be a ballet dancer. And uh, that's that's pretty much all I'm going to say for the rest of the episode. So... <laughs> There you have just, it. Thump, 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 thump. <laughs> and Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, look, here's the thing. When I watched the trailer for this movie, I was excited for the chance to make fun of a, a handicapped little girl with dreams. That's what my aims oh, were. God. But unfortunately, <laughs> there's very little to make fun of about that element of the story. Little handicapped girl has dreams. Fine. None of that's terrible. Everything else about this movie is terrible. And if you were thinking to yourself, how could they make fun of a little handicapped girl? It's just terrible. How could you do that? She's, she's overcome her disability. Well, you wait and see how she gets puppeted, much like the marionette she physically looks like, to spout <laughs> terrible, evil ideas throughout the film. Here's all I'm saying. Before you tweet at me, and you're gonna, watch this movie. Watch them just... Very obviously hand this little girl a script and be like, yeah, and then you're going to tell everybody that sin is sin, and we're going to have you do it because only three people in the universe will bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> but you're listening to them. Yep. You're listening to them. I just want to remind everybody that our podcast was not preloaded on your phone. You chose this. Um, He's at the door. <laughs> now, uh, is there anything anybody would care to nominate this movie for being the best at being the worst at before we get going? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say best worst casting because okay. Ooh, this yeah. entire cast has about three last names. If you check on it, <laughs> it's like they cast the movie with a pyramid scheme, like in right. a trailer park. <laughs> Uh, can I go with worst crippling scene? I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but can we go worst crippling scene? <laughs> I, I, I believe we can. I wanted to go for uh, worst effort to get to 90 minutes. I th mm. This was the high school kid trying to make the page count with wide margins of filmmaking. Okay, this is how bad this was. In between every shot, the scene blacks out. 
for no fucking reason in between every single scene for varying lengths. For, yeah, for between like 30 and 60 seconds. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. To get them to the 60 mi- or the 90 minutes that they wanted. It was fucking amazing. All right, well, I can sense that Eli's damming up a lot of jokes that are even too inappropriate for this podcast. So we're going to turn the microphones off quick while we can get those out of his system. And when we come back, we'll break down all the scenes that are more than chance. I ain't got no strings on me. <laughs> as we were watching this film, we, we couldn't help but notice that the movies seem to use Kelsey's condition as a crutch for some terrible ideas. And when we see a good thing here at God Awful Movies, we like to use it for ourselves. So we'd like to present you with some unpopular opinions of ours under the guise of a child with a disability. Hi, <coughs> I'm little Timmy. <coughs> I got the black lung from this coal mine I work in, but if you get in the front of the line at Starbucks and don't know what you want, I should get to stab you in the heart. Oh, it's me, Old Blind Joe. I'm a World War II veteran who fought the Nazis, but I lost my eyes doing it. Gilmore Girls is a stupid show about stupid people who make stupid choices, and I hate everything (laughs) about it except Melissa McCarthy. (laughs) Nobody cares how much heroin or fucking wine... Cereal you want. (laughs) Ugh, dithering cunts. (laughs) Well, hello there. I'm Jillian. I'm a little girl who was born inside out. Every morning I have to open my eyes by reaching up my nose and prying my eyelids open from the inside of my skull. And I just want to say that the new Star Wars movie was overrated repetitive fan service garbage. And we're back for the breakdown, and we're going to start this with stupid people trying to express it's cold artsily. Yeah, basically the director turned to his AD and was like, Thomas Kincaid painting. Yeah, right. (laughs) For how long, man? For as long as we can do it. Ten minutes? Twenty minutes? Sure. Yeah, we opened up on the training cabin from Rocky Four, apparently. Well, right. Expect a girl in a wheelchair with a log on her back to roll out. Nope. (laughs) Get up, you son of a bitch, because Mickey loves you. <laughs> no, Meredith Burgess. No. <laughs> that was close enough, I guess. Burgess. No, I love, too, that they just applied this. There, there it you is. Go. There you go. I knew you had it in you. I call him Meredith Burgess all the time. <laughs> I don't think you even quite got that that last time. I don't think you you had basically those um, those syllables, more or less. Um, so, but I love too that on this scene, instead of just like waiting for it to snow, they apply this little snow filter afterwards that like is about as realistic as filming through a snow globe. Yeah. I, I was going to say, why don't they just like shake up some glitter inside a water bottle and hold it in front of the camera <laughs> with the Dasani label still showing? It's just like, Brian, do you want to take the label off? Fuck you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can we get anyone else ever for any of these things? No, it's fine. <laughs> no. No, real people work on real movies. You get Brian. So we are apparently in the Amur region of Russia in December of 2000. There is no reason that we need to know this. I guess they just figured movies sometimes have words on the bottom, so they put those ones there. And we're meeting poor Russian lady with a baby. Yeah, and basically this movie wouldn't be complete in its poisonous message if they didn't have a eensy bit of pro-life propaganda at the very Eensy? beginning. <laughs> yeah, or or a PSA, or a full-blown Russian right. PSA against abortion. I thought it was a pro-choice ad. I felt yeah. like it was heavily pro-choice <laughs> because, you know, freezing and starving a baby. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my friend Masha, 
I am so poor. I very clearly should not have this baby. Here, have Mother Teresa trading card or whatever. <laughs> What she gives and her. No, you should not have this baby. Well, but that's the thing. The message here in this movie, right off the bat, is yes, you're too poor, and yes, you can't afford this baby. But uh, don't worry, you can adopt it. It's not like somebody's going to break its back or anything. Right. Don't worry, they're going <laughs> to monitor really carefully who gets your kid. This is not a huge source of sex trafficking in the world. Don't worry, it's, it's, don't worry about it. And so we get to the uh, adoption agency here where we're meeting like the, these parents and the dad's name is Brad and Brad is athlete hosting Saturday Night Live bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. He's going to make the rest of the acting in this movie bearable. Spoiler alert. Brad is going to turn out to be little wheelchair girls, older brother in real life in real life so, yeah so uh -huh. that's why he's in this movie if, if right. you're wondering hey what did that guy do he's the older brother of the person this movie's about that's what that guy did right and he looks like giovanni rabisi overdosed on melatonin or something <laughs> yeah you know how um you know how michael ian black looks like he just lost a boxing match to a botox needle <laughs> um, th this dad looks like michael ian black before all the whatever the fuck made his face look like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have to establish that this guy's an asshole. So the first thing he says when he sees the baby is, say goodbye to Russia, kid. And the mom's like, don't upset her. It's like, right. there's no fucking way, even if she spoke English. Yeah, you that said that could, in English. Yeah, right. But even, even if you said it in Russian, there's no fucking way she could know what say goodbye to Russia means at two years old. Right. Should, not only does she speak English, but she speaks like colloquial English. Yeah. <laughs> we're supposed right. to believe. But his response isn't like, oh yeah, sorry, I should be more sensitive. He's like, this baby needs to man the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> I don't have time to coddle this two year old. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, and then we're the fuck out. We cut to him drinking at a bar, so you know he's no good. Yeah, yeah drinking beer from a Collins glass. <laughs> Sorry, small thing, but come on. But and every glass. little drop, right? Because like when we cut to him, he's trying to shake that last drop out. <laughs> right. Um, right. Clearly, he resents his daughter. It was that was mom's idea. Yeah. Well, Steven Seagal's dad plays the bartender here. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. <laughs> he looks like Chief running a tab, and. He <laughs> He basically is like, yeah, man, how's your daughter that you adopted 45 seconds ago? And he's like, I don't know. I didn't want to adopt a kid. And the idea that someone managed to adopt a kid. I mean, I know this is based on a true story, so it's just mind boggling to me that someone managed to adopt a kid because my little sister's adopted. There's so much fucking paperwork that way, way before that moment, someone should have been like, hey, man, you're cool with this, right? There's home visits and paperwork. I mean, I don't know if they did this sort of under the table, like they went and visited Minsk and got some furs, and then they just stopped by Agubagabag to get a baby on the way home, like an impulse purchase. Like the baby was a Kit Kat bar at the grocery line. You're like, one of those two. Give me a five-hour energy, too. Perfect. <laughs> And uh, sorry, just going back to this bartender for a second. I had him as Dan Snyder's Native American friends. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty close. Chief pretty runs close. the tabs. Uh, it's nice to know that Tonto got work after he stopped working with the Lone Ranger. That's all and I'm it's, saying. It's nice to know that Quasimodo got laid eventually too. <laughs> and so now we cut to Akron, Ohio. Could be worse, not by much, but it could be worse. Um, and uh, and Mom is heading off to work with basically the words, 
Hey, Brad, don't cripple our adopted daughter while I'm out. Genuinely, this is the scene. <laughs> Keith, do this scene with me. Because people aren't going to... Keith, do this scene with me. Are you ready? All right, I'm ready. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go to work now. You're not going to... You're not going to cripple our kid, right? No, I told you. No, I, we said... I said I would not. Pinky swear? Pinky swear. And I've left the room. I crippled, I crippled our kid. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, okay. Now, I, I just want to say in advance of this scene, there is nothing funny about breaking the spine of a two-year-old girl. But you would never know that from the way they filmed this fucking scene because this is so goddamn ridiculous. They practically played yakety sex. Like, this is child <laughs> abuse is horrible. But if you stage it, if you let three people who just got into a bus accident, like, wander in and be like, hey, you write the script for this part. It's going to come across as funny. This is the weirdest. I mean, again, it is seconds after we see her walk out. Yes, he cripples his adopted daughter. It's seconds. It's crazy. They treat it like, you know, don't spill on the rug while I'm gone. He's like, I won't. uh." And then 10 seconds later, I spilled. Yeah. I I paralyzed the child from the waist down. This is amazing. When my fiance walks out of the apartment and then she forgets her keys and comes back in and I'm already like lowering myself onto the pair of anguish and I've got like (laughs) straps across my chest and she's like, I forgot. I'm like, what? How do you get into that so fast? (laughs) Under my clothes. Don't forget your keys. I feel like this is on you. (laughs) It's the me jerking off when you leave a room of abusing a child. Yeah, yeah. I I was thinking the same thing. And the scene begins with she's two and she's playing on her little drum. And he's like, stop it. And so the first 20 minutes of this I'm about to abuse my child scene are she plays the drum. He turns up the volume. She plays the drum. He yeah. turns up the volume. I wonder if there'd be shots of the toddler's face. Like, she sees the volume going up, and she's like, motherfucker. Because that's what it looks like they're having a drum slash television off. <laughs> yeah, and by the time this scene's over, it's just like, God, I hope one of you abuses. I'm not rooting for anyone in particular. If the little girl came over and broke his neck, I'd be fine with that, too. I just wanted out of this scene. Oh, So he grabs, so he's like, stop it. Stop, stop drumming. And instead of going, taking the drum away or whatever, taking the drumstick away, he lifts her up. And the way we see that he's abusing her is we see her feet kicking, kicking, Mm -hmm. and then not kicking. Like he hung her from a fucking noose that he had there. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, it's like, you know, you know how when like Gary Busey kills someone in Lethal Weapon 1 and you just like see them struggling (laughs) and then they stop. That's what they went for in this movie about child abuse. (laughs) They were like, what's the most effective way to convey the horrors of child abuse? I know every lynching scene from every cowboy movie. (laughs) It would have been more realistic if he bit the back of her neck and shook her to death like a dog catching <laughs> a woodchuck. Shit. Ridiculous. So now we've got uh, – so we cut to, I guess, the more or less main character of this movie who looks remarkably like all the other female characters in this fucking movie. How many middle-aged brunettes do you expect me to t- keep track of? Anyway, so we cut to the mom character. I don't know if she ever gets a name. And she's getting a phone call from the fucking – uh, teacher from Charlie Brown. That's exact. I wrote mom on the, on the other end of the phone is the Charlie Brown teacher. Yeah. Unfucking real. So and, yeah. Uh, and mom looks like Adrian Brody just went through menopause. Like, <laughs> like earlier today, like earlier today, Adrian Brody had a bunch of menopause happen. This actress, every time someone sees her, they go, you look tired. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 
Yeah, and she is mildly perturbed by the uh, paraplegia, I guess, that she's getting called about the uh, the little girl that got her back broke because she's going to need a foster home to stay in. And it's just, she the, again, this is a very serious subject, but she's talking so mildly and like it's just church gossip. She's like, mm, and you know what else? I heard that Shannon's preserves, she actually buys them from the store. You know what else <laughs> I heard? I heard that her husband crippled their daughter. Did I bury the lead? I buried the lead. <laughs> like the same intonation as you would be like, mm, she's cheating on him. <laughs> right. She seems mildly irritated by the fact that this man just crippled a child for life. And now, I keeping, like those in, preserves. <laughs> keeping in mind that we just established in that last scene with a phone conversation that this little girl has been crippled for life. We're going to now establish the fact that this little girl has been crippled for life with another scene where George Lucas's spore just got out of surgery and he's chatting with fat Josh Hartnett. <laughs> yeah, it's like jo this doctor looks like Josh Duggar was like, can you make me look more rapey? And the $10 million man music started to play. <laughs> <laughs> we have the technology. <laughs> Yeah, so, so uh, it, she's paralyzed and the plot finally gets rolling. Well, if, if you insist. But I, I also love the fact that they've established <laughs> at this point now four it. different times that this poor girl came all the way from Russia just to get paralyzed. So now we cut to the good mom and dad that are going to be her foster parents in bed wondering if they're ready for this. And the dialogue here is goddamn priceless. The dad literally says to the mom, this, this is, I, I went back and wrote this down. You understand that providing foster care for a paraplegic child is a big responsibility. That's yeah. his actual fucking line. They're speaking in book report. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, I'll walk her every day. I'll take super good care of her. You won't have to do anything, I promise. So yeah, and, and then she, of course, we have to, we have to kind of maybe hint that God is involved here. Um, she's like, well, just, I, I, I just, what are the chances that we would find out about this girl right now? And I'm like, it was on the news and you watch the news. So right. really fucking I. She saw the story on the news. So now she's going to parent that child. This character strikes me as someone who buys shit on QVC. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we only have three paraplegic daughters left. Also, I just want to point out me and Heath have the exact same note about the husband's physical appearance. And I'm very proud of that. We both oh, yeah. think he looks like some variation of Bobby Moynihan. I say Bobby Moynihan's dad. I have him as, uh, yeah, Artie Lang fucked Bobby Moynihan. Wasn't aware of that. <laughs> and at the end of the scene, they have to hint that, like, they've taken care of a handicapped kid before because they keep talking about Stacy. Well, we did yeah. take care of Stacy. Yeah. If you're wondering, hey, are they ever going to tell us who Stacy was? Nope. <laughs> no. I definitely want to circle back to this. Remind me. I want to circle back to the disabled kid that they clearly murdered and are not talking about yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I tell you what. Instead of tweeting us how mad you are about the jokes we make in this episode, tweet us what you think happened to Stacy. Hashtag <laughs> what happened to Stacy. Hashtag Stacy's choice. <laughs> They're so casual about it, too. They're like, yeah, we did fuck up that other disabled girl, Stacy, who we adopted. But, you know, let's try again. Whatever. To be fair, she didn't put the lotion in the basket. <laughs> So, right. Also, it brings up the question, does she want to adopt everything she sees on the news? She's just like, oh, that house burned down. We have to buy it. We have to buy it. <laughs> Honey, we can't. Everything on the news, we don't have to. Oh, the, look at the zoo. The zoo. We have to own the zoo now. <laughs> 
So now we're going to uh, move over to the jail so we can check back in with abusive dad. And I, I just wrote in my notes, prison rape, prison rape. Uh, but no, unfortunately, it's just a visitation with the mom who's apparently still kind of miffed about the breaking of the child. Yeah, and he is dressed like the fucking hamburglar. He could not be more stereo. I expected like a giant ball and chain to be attached to his ankle. That's the only way this could have been more stereotypical. Right. So he's he's asking her, you know, can you forgive me for um, de- paralyzing our, our child? It's not, it's not like I raped you. And I, was just, I just wrote down, I bet loving the bad man was just like right next to them. He's yeah, talking the next to his rape victim. <laughs> hey, man, that's me. I'm telling you, all Christian movies share the same universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You think if they came out with Sophie's Choice now, they would do like the Captain America, Iron Man thing, you know, team daughter, team son. Oh, that'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> Crazy billionaire subject. money. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and, and the, again, I cannot stress how bad Brad's acting is. This guy should not get a call back for his own selfies. It is, it's almost as bad as the dialogue. I can't decide which is worse between the dialogue and the acting because he literally goes, can you, would you forgive me for this? Yeah, but her acting's not much better because she looks like Monica Lewinsky gained back the weight. And she's like, <laughs> I don't know. I want to forgive you. To which point I wrote why about 850,000 <laughs> yeah, right. times in my notes. Why? 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 <laughs> but why though? And so every time this character appears on screen through the rest of the movie, it's only one more time. I go, but why? But why though? <laughs> but remember when you said that question, why? Why do yeah. you want to forget? <laughs> yes, but Frumpy Juno apparently is through with him and she wanders out of his life and basically out of this movie, what making you wonder why the she fuck she wanders we even had off to know. into the prison. She's supposed to have been visiting him and she just like gets up and goes, where? Who the fuck knows? She just goes to cell block C, gets lost <laughs> on the way. <laughs> they don't just let you wander off into the prison when you're done with your through the glass phone call. <laughs> so now we get back to the the good family that is taking in the little girl whose name is Kelsey, by the way. They haven't told us that yet, but eventually they do. So I'm retroactively telling you. Um, and they're like, you know, sleeping all night by her bed to make sure that she's OK. And it's, you know, and uh, apparently they also have poisoned Bible rapture disease from left behind because they speak only in whispers through this scene. Yeah, I wrote in my notes, hey, you guys know when they whisper, you have to adjust the sound on the boom and stuff, right? Like you can't. No, they don't. I guarantee you for this scene when they filmed it, they just had the boom guy like creeping closer to them. And it's just like, how do they do this in normal movies? I bet they just get like a super boom, huh? We'll just we'll just green screen out the boom. Just get it really close. Get really close. Press it right up against your face. You saw that Ray well, Comfort movie, right? Yeah, right. I was going to say, but that's what the cameraman does through most of it. So there probably wasn't room for the boom operator to get that close. Um, so yeah, so they're, we, we just, we see them good parenting. And then we cut to the, uh, the adoption agency guy grilling mom lady about, uh, about the daughter. Yeah. Child Protective Services sent, um, Patton Oswalt minus five crunches to explain that <laughs> paraplegic abuse victims need slightly more involved parenting than normal. Yeah, yeah, and he does it while sounding like Kermit the Frog huffed some sulfur hexafluoride or whatever. And, and I'm assuming at some point he was like, yeah, remember how you fucked up that girl, Stacy? <laughs> feel like we that's still have notes a about that. here. We really have a one-strike system. I don't, I don't know how to tell you this. Also, 
this movie, first they sum up the plot, and then she's so indignant and offended that Child Protective Services are doing their job. She, He's like, well, do you have a safe environment? How dare you ask if I have a safe environment for this child? <laughs> well, it's just... The last environment this kid got put in, the guy severed her spine, so we're trying to be better, you know. What's bitten? (laughs) We're on a strike one system, too, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Am I right? I'm sure mom walks up to the director, says, what's my motivation? He says, Adderall, here, take six. (laughs) Also, by the way, they have the kid already, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they let you, like, sort of adopt a kid, and then yeah, they like sometimes you, take it back? It's like I when you get a mattress and you have a trial. But, you know, they're the foster parents at this point. They it's haven't. like bonobos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Try on these kids. Bonobos.com like. forward slash. No, we don't actually. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's, there there <laughs> might be a our reason. Show. I'm not, yeah, they exactly. No. <laughs> we just so, got a bunch of emails. No, 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 no. So there's, but there's this bizarre thing going on in this scene, basically, where we're supposed to be mad at how thorough the child protective services are being after we just saw what can go wrong if they're not that thorough. I, I didn't, I had no idea what emotion I was supposed to walk away from this scene with. Right. And her argument is, we're going to get a van and everything. What the fuck do you want from us? You can't, you know, expensive that ramps everywhere. That's irritating. That's not going to look nice on the front of the house. <laughs> That was pretty much it. Getting this kid, even though her legs work as a desk toy. <laughs> so now we cut to dad working on his car to royalty-free music. Yeah, and her monologue here is basically the grasshopper from the Aesop's Fables. You know, I grew the wheat, I cut the beet, I ground the wheat, <laughs> but with, you know, a handicapped kid who she can't take care of. Yeah, well, and that's so amazing because, okay, so obviously this movie was written and directed by the woman that she's playing or, you know, the the uh, woman who's, you know, who wrote this character as herself or whatever. So, like, this woman was not even able to make herself look good in the movie that she wrote and directed because she comes off like a goddamn haughty bitch in this. Right. Like, how dare they want her to be in a good home? Yeah. Dad literally says, um, we want what's best for her, right? And mom's like, mmm, pass. No, like we want the puppy that we picked no. out at the store. <laughs> right! <laughs> and by the way, since you mentioned it, we should point out that the plot of this movie is that these people made a movie just about how great they are for adopting a kid. Yes. That's what this movie, this woman sat down and she was like, I should write my story. What's the plot of this story? I don't know. I'm super awesome. Like, I took in a kid even though it was like 50% broken. Am I great? Yes. That's 90 minutes, right? And indeed it will be. It will be 90 straight minutes of look how great we are. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So much easier without a conflict. I guess because patting yourself on a back doesn't last 90 minutes. <laughs> I bet when she does it. Yeah. And now we're going to cut to Christmas dinner where they're listening to some royalty-free music and discussing more exposition. Christmas, Christmas, don't sue us. Christmas, Christmas time it is right now. <laughs> This is like if you held a gun to the back of my head, that's how the entire soundtrack of this movie is. The first movie, we touched on it briefly, but the first song while he's repairing it is literally just someone going, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love yeah, you. Again, if, if there was a flash cut to the guy recording this just with, you could just see the barrel of a 45 to the side of his head as he just desperately strums out whatever chords he can remember from third grade band. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So we get an, an entire dinner party scene with maybe 60 people in order to establish literally one sentence of exposition. And an un- unnecessary sentence yeah. of exposition. Which we already knew. They're thinking about adopting another child. We already kind of knew this. So we get about five minutes of this dinner party just literally not talking and clearly watching a camera guy move around the room <laughs> at weird angles. And then finally, mom starts talking like they were in the middle of a conversation. She starts with, and then. Yeah. Uh-huh. After all this silence. In the echoey silence. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's like opening a eulogy with, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Any hoozlebees. <laughs> oh, dude, I hope you outlive me. Uh, and speaking of echoey, now we're going to go to the echoeyest footsteps of all time. This is the hearing or whatever for, for, for dad. Uh, the, the evil, uh, kid shaky dad where he's gonna get sentenced. But apparently they could only rent half a courtroom for this movie because the judge is on the bench, but the, like, the dad who's on trial is very clearly just in a boardroom. He is yeah, right. not in a, not in a, I'm like, when you were shooting the judge, why didn't you just turn the cameras the other, what was going on on the other side of the room? Were they filming two Christian movies simultaneously? And it was like a David R. White movie had rented the jury side for that day. You guys took the judge side. No, sorry. Clarence Gilliard's about to kill it in this debate. We got yeah, to right, that right. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'll kill you. I'll fucking kill you. I rest my case. I gotta say, this scene though, I, it, honestly, this was a goosebumpy scene for me because they just have this judge who sounds like a drunken fucking muppet, but that doesn't matter because he's describing like how awful it was for this little girl and the abuse and everything and they're sentencing to him to like 32 years in prison or whatever. And this was like this bizarrely like poignant moment in the middle of this ridiculous fucking movie. Um, but I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. This was goosebumpy. Well, and it establishes that breaking your daughter's spine is bad. Very clearly. Oh, I, see. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, hey, I wonder if this kid's legs work. Nobody talks about it. <laughs> I wonder if she was flown all the way from Russia just to get her back broken. Also, tiny moment. The, the judge does do a very good performance in this scene. Whoever played the judge did a very good job. Tiny moment, though. He does tell the story of they showed a photo of the kid's father and she started screaming and freaked out. Where was that idea? Who was like, hey, <laughs> let's show her a photo of the guy who broke her spine. Just for, what intern bet was that? You won't. You won't. I'll fucking do it right now. Look at this. <laughs> oh, fuck. That did not go well, guys. That did not go well. Oh, oh I'm going to get in trouble. You got to tell him that you told me to do it. No, you gotta. You gotta. <laughs> Although I've been informed by many tweets that that was better for her. That that was better. Yes, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Surprising her with that exposure therapy. <laughs> Fuck the trigger warning. She was but getting that- infantilized by being paralyzed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, and of course, she's sitting outside of the courtroom the whole time. So on the way out, some man hugs her. We have no idea who this is. We've never met him. We will never see him again. Yep. Just, up, I swear that that was just some guy and they kept the shot. <laughs> some guy was like, here's the person who can't resist. Hugs, 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 and off to my chemical castration. <laughs> I want so badly after they cut for that girl to be like, hey, the front of my uh, iron lung thing, whatever you got me in, is all sticky. I don't know what just happened, but uh, I need someone to be 
keeping a little bit more careful watch over uh, K Dog over here. Did you talk to random old man uh, hug guy from the hallway of the courthouse? <laughs> yeah, I did. He hugged me. Well, that's what yeah, happened. That's why he's in here at the. Uh, that's why he's here at the courthouse. Yeah, here's a photo of him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now that we've spent all of this time establishing that character, we're going to have an entire movie about somebody else. And that's going to start at Charles Xavier's Christian School for Gifted Youngsters, mm. uh, where we're going to meet Melissa. And she is a rebellious teen. Isn't she, though? <laughs> and we know that because she crosses her arms in the presence of adults. Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> Crossed arms. A bitch. And uh, Melissa looks like... Lindsay Lohan got turned into a naked mole rat. <laughs> Almost exactly. I think Lindsay Lohan did get turned into a naked mole rat, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. Tried to cure her leukemia with meth. <laughs> it kind of worked. And I, I, okay, so like again, the podcaster and me coming out here, but they didn't seem to give much of a shit where the microphone was in relation to the person speaking, did they? Yeah, I wrote, nice of them to record the sound from the room next door so as not to disturb the actors. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, guys. We'll just do it in here. We got room tone and everything. Yeah. So now we've, so what we're getting here is, uh, Melissa's being checked into the Makahakaluki Christian Academy by her, uh, probation officer because mm -hmm. she got kicked out of her other school for we're never going to say something but and her probation officer looks like ronda rousey's compromising mom <laughs> <laughs> and the uh the uh school principal has the exact mannerisms of a man selling an urn to walter and the dude <laughs> And his basic, his conversation with her basically goes now are you gonna behave yourself and she's like Psh, i'm a Rebellious. I'm a problem teen. My dad is dead. Like, and he's just like, pinky swear you'll be good. And she's like, what? And he's like, pinky swear. And she's like, what? And he says, good talk. Yeah, that's, that's the scene. Here's your student handbook full of Jesus. You will never see me as a character again. Nope. <laughs> We're done with me. And I've got to say, Melissa is so far the best actor in this movie because she's only like five seconds behind normal human speech patterns. Of <laughs> right. Talking. She's the Meryl Streep of this movie. She just <laughs> blew him away at the audition. She just she says her lines almost right after we do. How does it's she do it? Fast. <laughs> you could barely even fuck the gaps in her dialogue. Yeah. So and then of course we've got to get her at school meeting the cute guy. Uh, Chris. Where she's changed outfits. Oh, yeah, right, right. Because <laughs> it's supposed to be the next scene, right? Yeah, it, it, it is the next scene, right. but... Uh, and I just put in my notes, get as close to their faces as possible, the oh director. Oh, my God! <laughs> the, the fucking... The, apparently, the goddamn cameraman was doing the forbidden dance with these actors as he was filming this, yeah. Also... This is where we get introduced to Fat Friend, who's going to be on the basketball team and whatever. Yeah. Uh -huh. She is amazing. And I will tell you the best game in the world to play. If you wait to hear the episodes and then you watch the movies, every <laughs> time that character speaks, scream at the screen, shut up, Fat Friend. And it always works. She yes! always looks like she heard you say that and stops talking and wanders out of frame. Because this character for the rest of the movie comes on. She's like, hey, guys. You know, Subway has five for one coupons and you're like, shut up, fat friend. And then she, the actress looks surprised like she can hear you and wanders off screen. It's the best. 
It is better than any Rocky Horror Picture Show screening you will ever go to. Do yourselves a favor. This movie is on Netflix. You will love it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Um, so then, yeah, so she meets Chris, who she's eventually going to fall in love with, and some other friends that she's not very good at making friends with or whatever. Anyway. Then we cut to Akron Orthotic Solutions, where apparently there's a gang of atheist hoodlums that hang out in front of the orthopedics lab. Uh, yeah, fat Mexican Stevo and teen mom Nikki Glazer appear to be doubting God right on the <laughs> yeah, doctor's right. front stoop. So mom is terrified. Yeah, so she's wheeling Kelsey in there, and there's this long, slow, like, oh fuck, they're gonna, they're gonna rape us, aren't they? Oh right. God, we're gonna get raped. <laughs> Kelsey, I don't want to, I don't want you to take this the bad way, but like, I feel like you've already sort of gone through some trauma and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like if the boat's got a hole in it, you got to abandon ship. So I'm going to push you at them and then (laughs) I'll be back to pick you up at three. (laughs) Also, for the scary teenagers, I guess the costume notes they were going for was insane clown posse without the makeup. (laughs) 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 Right, but they're good Christians, so of course they hold the door for her and she's able to go in. But I thought mom was right to be scared because if my atheist gang from high school was there, we would have beat the shit out of that disabled girl. It's true. Yeah, but this movie has kind of a go fuck your prejudices moment. The 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 bad kids hold the door for the handicapped girl. And then we're in the waiting room where we find out for the first time that Kelsey is by far the best actress in this fucking movie. The little girl in the wheelchair. She, like, genuinely seems to be saying these words more or less. Yeah. She's very, again, the things I thought I would get to make fun of in this movie, disappointingly not the little girl with a handicap. She's a pretty decent actress. She's going to spew some poison later in the movie, but she could not more obviously be reading it off cue cards, as we'll see. But (laughs) she does a pretty good job. She's here for a back brace. She hates that she grows out of them and sort of has a generally good scene with melissa even though melissa seems to be reading her lines off her phone i mean it's it's pretty decent (laughs) um and so basically what happens is so melissa is there so we learned in the last scene that melissa is a troublemaker we never learned what she did we just knew that she got mixed up with some bad characters double Mm. homicide maybe smoked some pot at a party also maybe we never fucking find out (laughs) we just know that her mom wasn't happy with what she did so part of her parole so we can assume she committed a crime right because you don't get a parole officer unless you committed a crime now they switch a couple of times it's her parole officer sometimes and her probation officer the other times like they don't know that those are two different things right so now it's a probation officer in this scene. Right. So part of it is her community service at this orthopedics place, and she gets called into the room with the little girl just to keep her company, I guess? And she's such a bitch that she just jumps on her phone and starts texting instead. Right. And then Kelsey gets all snippy with her. Yeah, Kelsey stares. Listen, this girl throws some major shade in this movie. That is her main function in this film. Oh, yeah. Is to throw the shadiest of shades. The library is open for this little girl. 
Well, she takes advantage of the whole, oh, I'm in a wheelchair. You can't fuck with me. Yeah, exactly. And and we learned that because like, she's being all bitchy with Melissa, and Melissa looks up like, but she's just not hard enough to be bitchy to the crippled kids. So instead, she agrees to come watch her do physical therapy one day. Right, because she's on the phone with her mom. Melissa's on the phone with her mom, and she's like, Mom, I did my homework. God, I'll see you at home. And then she's like, you weren't supposed to be on the phone. You should be nicer to your mom. And she's like, don't tell me what to do. And she's like, I'm going to be a ballerina. And then there's this awkward moment where you can see the actress be like, oh, yeah, cool. Yep. Good uh, luck with that. Yep. I, I feel like all the words I could say are offensive here. I don't know what, which words would can I'm I say go with and a check question my mark? Privilege? Does that help? No. <laughs> And uh, so then we cut to Melissa going to Kelsey's therapy at her home, just coming to her home to watch her do therapy, because why the fuck not? And I got to admit, Kelsey's being kind of a bitch about being paralyzed. And they're like, we're going to work on getting you into her chair. And she's like, no, I don't want to. But luckily, Melissa decides to fix things with a quick anecdote. With the story, this story, okay. So this is something that I tend to do, but I've, it's never been caught on film, is if I get too high, the way that I cover it is trying to tell an amusing story. But if I'm too high, it comes out the ways Melissa's story does. <laughs> and her story is basically, one time, I wanted to play with bigger kids than me, and then I did. The end. That's like me trying to buy something at Dwayne Reed after I've hit that Gorilla Glue. I'm just like, okay. Oh, she's asking which credit card I want to use. One time, I walked up downstairs, and then I was on a different floor. I'm acting so natural right now. I'm nailing it. Handful of change to the face, run away. Yeah. Yeah. So her literal story is, I used to want to play with the big kids, but I was scared, and then I did, so I did. And that is all it takes to inspire Kelsey to have the courage to try to get into the wheelchair all by herself, and she does. To which, uh, and we've all written this down in our notes, to which Melissa says, I think that deserves a girl's night out. And how bad do we want to cut to them doing shots at a strip club? Oh, yes. <laughs> Just Kelsey <laughs> flopping around on top of Channing Chatham's shoulders. <laughs> Eat it, motherfucker. I don't care kids. if I can feel it. Get your face in there. Just whack it around. Throw me against that pole. Oh, God. <laughs> So now, uh, so that's if you over. didn't picture Kelly Kelsey pole dancing after they said that line. You're a liar. You're a liar. You all pictured it. I'm just the one brave enough to say it. <laughs> you live in a disturbing wait, 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 world, wait, 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 sir. A disturbing, disturbing world. You ever throw a stretch Armstrong at the wall? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Blam! Oh, I'm trying so hard to get out of this scene. I really am. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now we've got funny. mom playing the piano or pushing the buttons on the piano or whatever. And Kelsey wants to learn to play the piano too. Now we need this shot because we are never going to address whether she learned to play the piano. The piano will never come up again. But whatever. We're going to get this scene anyway. She should have been playing the drums. I think that was the biggest part of her problem her in this movie. Is she was a better drummer. <laughs> Whatever. So, yeah, apparently mom's been playing the piano for years. It certainly doesn't show. Yeah, mom is like, she's like, that's really impressive. And mom is playing C, D, C, D, D, E, D, E, 
CDC. Yes. That yes. is literally uh-huh. the note she plays. And by the way, uh, Christian movie bingo or god awful movies bingo. This is where Anna left the room. She was like, what the fuck is that? And just got up and left. So <laughs> Anna was insulted, not by the child abuse of this movie, but by the damaging. Also, Anna had a lot to say about how this little girl was not learning piano the right way, but we'll get to that. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no. I was, I was in this. I'm like, that's not at all a good way. That doesn't help you at all. You just learn to push buttons at that point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but she gives some some platitudes about how special she is. The the mom does, and uh, and then she gives her some shit for saying funner because that's uh, not a word. Funner is a word. You don't need legs to use a dictionary. I'm not sure you <laughs> no sympathy. I wrote in my notes here: platitudes, unimpressive talents, and pointless bitching about grammar. Grandma's Facebook, the movie. Eli Bosnick story. <laughs> except for that last part. Except for, except for that last part. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. Then mom actually sits her down and teaches her the piano, and the way she teaches her the piano is to combine keys that we can assume she does not know with finger positions that we assume she does not know. She's like, yeah, "Yeah, what you're going to do is you're going to hit the C key, and Kelsey looks at her like, oh, and should I just fucking intuit that? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Then you're going to use the fifth finger position, and by the way, at this point, my fiancé is sitting next to me screaming, oranges under your hands! Oranges under your hands! Because both of these actors have the form of someone who's been thrown against the piano at the last scene of Enough. Like Jennifer Lopez should have sweeped the leg under both of these actresses. That's how bad the form was. God. Yeah, no, I was honestly going a little nuts on that myself. Um, so now we cut over to Melissa's house so that we can reestablish the fact that she has a bad relationship with her mom. Who is about two years older than Melissa and from a different race. Yeah, something like <laughs> something like that. She was like a young, talentless Julia Sweeney. Fun fact, <laughs> she's the live action version of the mom from the JW video. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> she, we found kinda, her. Kind of like a sloppy drug addict version of Rachel Ray, but like in all the good ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Let her neglect the shit out of me. And we yeah. watch them fight. And by the way, content warning, because this fight gets pretty intense. She says, Trish homework and then her response is what are you the homework police and i just went oh (laughs) sick burn yeah (laughs) and then they speak in uh internal monologue back and forth you're right (laughs) ever since dad died i've been rebelling i'm closing myself off from those emotions i don't know how to do this i'm projecting i'm gonna leave Yeah, there's a lot of speaking in character bios in this film. Yeah. And then the girl sneaks out. Yeah, she goes to hang out with her stoner friends again. But but the mom sees her sneaking out. So what? I wrote in my notes, stop her. You're a bad mom. If you want, if you care about your kids and you don't want her to do that behavior, go stop. She's just looking out the window. She's like, oh, oh, she's putting a belt around her arm. And she's injecting heroin. She's injecting. I'm just going to shake my head back and forth. I am so disappointed. I'm going to go Google how to keep your child from doing heroin in the driveway. Literally, I wrote, she's going to go Google how not to be a bad mom. And then I wrote, oh, God, she literally is Googling how not to be a bad mom. And so now we're back to uh, puberty Kermit finalizing Kelsey's adoption. Oh, no, I'm sorry, finalizing the other kid's adoption because we have to establish there's another kid in this um, whatever thing. I guess the reason for this scene, though, is they felt like the need to walk back that whole adoption agencies are a bunch of assholes bit from earlier. Yeah, and 
I just want to point out that this second kid gets such a rough fingering even in the movie that these people wrote this kid is totally ignored oh yeah you'll see later on they put a scene in where the mom walks over and is like i loved both my daughters equally turns to camera (laughs) equally (laughs) but this second kid is just going to be completely ignored to the extent and i will point it out when it happens later on two families will meet and they will forget to introduce the second kid. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. Um, yeah, and that's actually, we, we get that scene immediately after the adoption where, like, mom has to sit down with Molly. That's the yes, other little this girl. this is the scene. Right. Let's all, uh, let's all be in a scene together. I feel like we're ignoring you. Perfect. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. She's upset that the crippled kid gets all the cool back braces and stuff. You know. Do you want to go to the mall? And she said, and this is literally, she goes, your favorite dinner is at the mall. And I was like, oof, rough. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a dark little insight. It's my birthday. Can we go to Panda Express? <laughs> it's the two for 20 menu at TGI Fridays right now. Love that. I like the juggler there. <laughs> And uh, then now we're at basketball practice with Melissa, um, and she's apparently just as bitchy to all the, her basketball players as she is to uh, her mother. Yeah, and her basketball team apparently is made up of three girls who just got forced to stop LARPing. <laughs> yeah, I, because uh, one of them is wearing what appear to be soccer shin guards with <laughs> 80s leg warmers over them, and all of these people are within seconds of an injury. Yeah, right, yes. These girls look like they were rejected from the Mighty Ducks. Like the Mighty Ducks were like, I mean, come on now. We can, there's only so much quacking can do. <laughs> look, the, the rebellious teen is going to turn out to be Froggy from Daredevil is one thing, but you are having an asthma attack from walking over here to talk to me. <laughs> right. And by the way, Fatty McFat Friend does say one line, and if you shout at your television screen, shut up, Fat Friend, she will shut up and walk away and looking run for off. Yes. <laughs> And I could watch her run for, she tells them to do suicide. She says, do some suicides. And these four actresses look at what is very clearly the director. And he then makes a motion like, come on, just for a second. Because I could watch these actresses run for the rest of my natural life. It is better than Jesus, man. It is better that my wedding is in August. It will be better than that. It will be better than any that I held my sister for the first time. It's better than anything because they run like me. Like, look, if you gave me nothing but Indian food for six weeks and then there, there was a toilet 12 yards away, this is how I would run. Just like, oh, 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 it's all coming out. It's all coming out. Hell or high water. So now we uh, we also get to meet Chris's buddies here, which is great. Oh, yeah, yeah. A fat, a medium, and a skinny from ice hockey show up all of a and uh, they're exciting. They yeah. want to play basketball, too. I have them down as rejected members of the cast of Superbad, and now we know what happened to Sloth. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, okay, so this fat guy is going to show up here and there, but the way we're going to get introduced to him is that they're talking about the talent show, right? The, the three, These three guys and Melissa, and I guess the fat guy is going to eat worms for the talent show because he's fat. And that's what fat people do. Yeah, he goes, this guy's going to eat worms in less than 30 seconds. It's like, how many worms? One worm? Two worms? That's not even a... Th- it's just He's just going to eat worms? Why is that? Oh, who knows? <laughs> yeah. And by the way, at this point, I know you're listening to the show and you're thinking, man, they're doing a bad job of describing the plot. 
No, we're not because there is no plot. No, no. It's just random shit happening Things to different people. Happening. Yeah. People were like, let's reenact all the home movies we wish we had. <laughs> right. This movie. Well, and I mean, like, I, that's, I, I wrote it down on my notes. I'm like, okay, they're all going to go to the talent show together. Why are we watching this? Right. Uh, but now the fat girls are done doing five suicides, so she sends them for a water break and practice is over. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it. You ran back and forth five times. All right, go home. Is she dead? Sure is. Great. Well, Never first, seen. her and Chris have to sports together, though. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Medium ice hockey guy wants to play one-on-one -on -one <laughs> against Melissa, so uh, that starts to happen. And then skinny guy, th they're about to start playing one-on-one. -on -one. He's dribbling. Skinny guy decides to distract... Chris, he he cups a microphone in his hands and screams directly into it. This <laughs> blew out my headphones, right. which did distract Chris somehow. So <laughs> Melissa steals the ball and proceeds to do the worst layup oh, I've ever seen in so my life. Painful. And I'm sorry, but a layup is so easy. It's it's literally a general expression for things that are really yeah, right, easy. Right. It's a layup. We say that, and she makes it, but like barely. Yeah. On, on the 11th shot. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you can tell best. this was the 18th take. They were like, you know what? If we don't get it this time, we're just going to do lunch and we'll come back to it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they came back and tried a few more days of that and they got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As we learn later, like, apparently we get the outtakes from that moment later on in the movie. Uh, and then we cut to the sky and some royalty-free music box music. <laughs> right. My music note here is Steve Buscemi is going to eat this little girl and... Then steal her music box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is terrifying. <laughs> and now we're going to go to Melissa's first therapy appointment. Yeah. And yes. I wrote in my notes, is that the principal? Who is he besides Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> and gigantically fat. Oh, yes. my God. This guy took up the frame. Yeah. Really super fat. I don't know what Kickstarter goal he hit. I know he's never kicked or started anything, but... <laughs> He looks like he's about to get revenge raped by a Swedish goth chick. <laughs> Very much so. I, I assume he happen. ate a restaurant's jumbo burger and he got a t-shirt and a part in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I wrote in my notes at this point, like, there needs to be some fucking Jesus in this movie. I'm bored. So we watched like a nine minute therapy session here with Melissa. Uh, in, and I, I'm writing in my notes, like, okay, all we're doing now is reestablishing character bios that we've already talked about. If the movie is only exposition, then you don't need to exposit. It's like a riddle. Right. <laughs> and while he was doing this, I wrote in my notes, I wonder if his sincerely held beliefs means he doesn't treat people who jog. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then we cut to taking a walk with, uh, it's, uh, Melissa taking Kelsey for a walk in the park. Um, and I, I wrote in my, uh, my notes here, sound mixing note. Even the Catholics let you use a windscreen, guys. Jesus won't mind. It's not like a condom. No babies are harmed. What if someone accidentally comes nearby and the screen catches it? <laughs> we just can't make that desk. <laughs> so she's pushing her around. And this is where they very clearly were like, Kelsey. Pastor so and so would really love you to read these lines. And Kelsey looked at him and was like, Is this how we're going to get the movie made? And they were like, Yup. <laughs> <laughs> because this is Kelsey's prophetization section of the movie. Because out of nowhere, this girl has never mentioned Jesus. Her face, she loses all acting ability. Her face yep. goes slap. It's like they hypnotized her to do this scene. Her face goes slap. 
<laughs> and she, by the way, I want to point out, we were about 30 minutes into this. And before we did this movie, we were really careful about it. Because if this was just a movie about like a kid who gained hope and believed in themselves, we weren't going to do it. Because I right. get to make fun of those movies in my free time, but we don't record it and send it out to people. That's a bad idea. We don't do that anymore. It was... <laughs> <laughs> we were so I was watching the movie and at this point, you know, they had said pray a couple of times, but it wasn't super cheesy and at this point the movie took a hard right turn into oh, Jesus. Yeah. Cuz she's like, "Hey, nice walk. By the way, I'm getting baptized and everyone sins and all sin is equal. You will go to hell unless you are baptized." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, and that's, I, I love it too. She's like, you know, let's chat about death and sins. And she gives the whole, well, God's perfect, so he can't let sin into heaven because those are the rules that the omnipotent guy is bound by. Makes sense, huh? <laughs> right. Except she's saying everything backwards, like Yoda as a cult leader for some reason at this point. <laughs> Very annoying. She continues to talk like that a few other times throughout the movie. Also, uh, Christian movie bingo, non-Christian person has vaguely heard of Jesus yeah, the way right. you vaguely remember the Rugrats cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, gosh. I yeah, remember like he him. Was, he was, he played third base for the, uh, fuck, uh, uh yeah, San but- Antonio? <laughs> but I love this too because apparently this didn't occur to him at all because while they're having the whole sins and Jesus and people with sin can't get into heaven talk and, and, and Melissa's like well that sounds pretty tricky the little girl Kelsey she says well God has the answer and it's way worse than what my dad did to me like it didn't occur to anybody that the abusive dad parallel in the Jesus story would be kind of disturbing here at this moment nope so now we cut to her baptism and the scene for her baptism is her wheeling herself up the aisle. And when I get crazy billionaire money, I'm just going to recut the scene so she wheels herself into a pool. It's <laughs> like, wheel, splash, and then everyone leaves. Because that's what I thought. I wrote in my notes. Is she just going to roll herself? What's the deal? How does this work? And I, like an amphibious diesel type of thing, like James Bond. Be like James Bonding in and out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and I, 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 you know, I guess for a Christian, this is like a poignant moment or whatever. But from the in outside looking in, this is fucking creepy. Baptisms freak me the fuck out, especially when it's this handicapped girl that like. It kind of looks like you're drowning her anyway. Yeah, I've never been to a baptism, but I've seen them in movies, and every time it looks like, oh, I'm going to drown you. Nah, I didn't drown you. I didn't drown you. Now you're magic. <laughs> that's No, that's that's how it goes. Uh, usually the movies get shit wrong, but that was I was pretty much right. Um, So now we cut to Melissa talking to Grandma on the phone. Grandma's inviting her to Amish country. Mom is barking about homework, and, you know, this is going to be very important, so pay attention. And by the way, when she's talking to grandma on the phone, grandpa is in the background giving zero fucks. I don't think they told that guy he was on camera because he's just in the background like, like, "Ah, that was a wet one. Melissa, that was a wet one. Uh, I'm going to go wipe this off the back of my thighs. And this is where we learn that mom and grandma don't talk. And we're going to find out later why. And it's going to be fucking stupid. (laughs) Yes, it is. And then we cut to Kelsey playing with ballerinas, in case you forgot. Right. Playing with a ballerina and a nutcracker. And I wanted so badly for her to start banging them together and being like screaming about sin, being like, (laughs) you're doing the devil's work. You're doing the devil's work. Bad nutcracker. You must wash yourself clean. (laughs) 
Uh oh, <laughs> looks like ballerinas on her period. You leave the village for seven days. <laughs> Yeah. Uh oh, she wasn't a virgin. She's throwing little rocks at it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Crazy billionaire money. And now we cut to okay, so so Melissa and her mom now are at the courthouse or whatever, and the opening line here is uh, for this scene, after the thirty second blackout that tells us one scene is over and another is about to begin. Melissa says, I can't believe my P.O. added church to my community service. And I wrote in my notes, oh, good. We just convinced Noah to do this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote quick to the scathing mobile. <laughs> and of course, mom says, oh, it's not mandatory. It's just going to look good on your records. You see, it's not mandatory. It's just that they're less likely to throw you in jail if you're a Christian. That makes it legal and moral. See? Right. And the girl goes, what happened to freedom of religion? And the mom's like, no, you're being a bitch. Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> to which the daughter responds, so being a hypocrite pays off. And right, it's which, like, yeah. Yes, it does. So <laughs> we've all got that in our notes, too. It absolutely does. Like the truest words in the history of Christian film right there. <laughs> and now we're at church. Right. And by the way, they go, this is our daughter, Melissa. And she's like, or this is our daughter, Kelsey. And they, oh, this is my daughter, Melissa. Yeah, they know each other. And Stacy, the second daughter, literally is just standing here. They never introduce or acknowledge her. No. Uh-uh. For this entire scene. She's just sitting there and the, the, you can see the little actress being like, did they not introduce me? My, my character. This, I'm a, Molly. I'm Molly over here. I'm remember? Molly. I'm a child. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a child. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow my way through high school. <laughs> blow. I'm gonna suggest anal to the men I date. Oh, God. Just want you to know that. That's what you're all cementing in this moment. Y'all having a nice chat? Good. It's discussing the other daughter in length. Great. Great. Um, so, and of course, then we have to cut over to Kelsey and Melissa talking. What do they want for Christmas? Well, Kelsey wants to be in the Nutcracker Ballet, and 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 Melissa wants to win the basketball tournament. I'm sure Jesus will take care of it. Man, what a plot! <laughs> and if you're wondering, hey, is the plot of this movie that those things will happen? Yes. Well, sort of. I mean, but the movie doesn't like end when that happens or anything. Anyway, then we go over to uh, the we see the crippled girl doing her homework later on that night. Um, and I wrote in my notes, stop blacking out between shots. We will know the last shot was over when the next one begins. Yeah. Someone watched oh, the accused and they were like, let's do that. But she's not always date raped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe they're like, you know what? This movie's going to kind of feel like date rape anyway, so maybe we should just use this. And uh, this is uh, so the only reason this scene exists, by the way, is so that she can open a music box and be sad. Yeah. Apparently, she just keeps music boxes hidden everywhere in her home. <laughs> just like, was this your music box? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess now that we've finally identified a scene with a discernible emotion, we've earned ourselves a break. But before we take that, I'm going to give Act 3 the hard sell. Will characters continue to repeatedly summarize the plot of the movie? Will the cameraman back the fuck up? Will the English language ever recover from this dialogue? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the unpremeditated conclusion of More Than Chance. 
It's rare that we come upon a movie so badly acted that the thing we find to make fun of the most is not the kid with the back brace in the wheelchair. So we couldn't help ourselves and managed to find an uncut scene from this movie with the original audio, and we found it so eye-opening that we just had to share it with you. Okay, people. Ready? Action. Yeah, so I thought maybe we could get some lunch. Pause. Pause. Two. Three. Okay, say your line. Yeah, that. No, 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 no. Start whispering and then scream by the end. Oh, of the, oh, oh, oh. Okay. No, Dick. You remember? Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I like Chipotle. Great. Okay, uh, Jenny, uh, look into the camera. Yeah, yeah, directly into the camera. Good, good. Now pause. Wink. Now say your line. I also like Chipotle. Great. Now, uh, Jeff, just make up words as long as they don't relate to anything that was just said. Okay, just okay. Unrelated. Bulbasaur hankering for a dive bar. Don't stop believing. And cut. Awesome. Put it in the can. Did we? Did we shut the gate? Who fucking cares? Next scene. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back, and I fear that we haven't really established just how useless most of the scenes in this movie are. So luckily, they've got this scene nice and set up for us, in which we are going to meet some characters that we will never meet again, that will talk about people that we've never met, and vaguely mention one character that we have. This is so fucking bizarre. But luckily, it, it it does include the only attractive person that's made their way between the frame lines of this movie. Uh, that would be the black teacher here that, again, we will never see again. I, I also found um I also found Hugo from Lost in Elementary School to be quite attractive, who is yeah, also I, in this I, scene. I said baby Tr Danny Trejo is really working it on this. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> He's reading Ion Hersey and Leah's story, and she's like, good, you're done reading. I'm going to go, because I'm in a teacher's lounge, apparently. I'm going to go talk to this other lady. And just behind the scenes here, these are notes in order. Who are these characters? Who are these characters? Is this about sports? What was that? <laughs> Stop having scenes for no goddamn reason. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. This is the most useless note. scene we have ever encountered. And so now we cut to Kelsey and Molly playing Uno incorrectly. Yeah, because Kelsey goes, Uno, and then they stop playing, and I go, God, you don't win Uno when you say Uno. It's just a warning. It's the person who gets rid of their cards last, and then you total up the points of the other cards. It's a point-based card game. It's supposed to train you how to play bridge, you little white trash assholes. It's not fucking go fish. Jenga. No, no. no. No, no, you didn't win. Um, so, yeah, so then they get a phone call, and Kelsey squeals. Apparently, it was the ballet, and she gets to be in the Nutcracker. Because, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. And then we cut to <laughs> Melissa and Chris studying together so that Melissa can say, do you believe in miracles? And Chris can say, yeah. And Melissa can say, then why doesn't God heal Kelsey? And we all just pulled out our keys. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep. And, oh, my God, at this guy's fucking excuse here, Chris says, well, I think God knows what's best for her. Think of all the people she gets to inspire. <laughs> that was his excuse. Like, God yeah. just made her as a fucking, it's like the ASP. Kelsey is a human version of those ASPCA commercials. Oh, God, God just wheels them around in front of us. Yeah. Think of all the people Kelsey can inspire who God also paralyzed. <laughs> Perfect. Right. 
Yeah, well, you know, they took a shot at it. At least the scene didn't just end. And then we uh, we get this scene where, like, Kelsey shows up to watch Melissa practice basketball. Yeah. And I wrote, oh, more good Christian movie sportsing. Yeah. Uh, it's a disgusting basketball sequence. She's supposed <laughs> to, like, run with her and then, like, box. she's already boxing out, like, 20. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. Oh, the basketball Wait. just gets worse, too. It's, it does, might be the, yeah. This is, like, the best basketball and scene. And Fat Friend runs up. And she's like, hey, uh, and she's like, you're really good. Kelsey, to the fat friend, is like, you're really good. And she's like, oh, thanks. You're the first person in this movie to say nice things. And she's like, you can be the water girl. And she's like, oh, oh, oh did not see that coming from you. Oh, wow. <laughs> the one person I thought would not take a shot, Kelsey. That's hard to hear. <laughs> and then runs away. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, and then if you scream, shut up, fat friend, it all <laughs> works it's out. Fucking, she, everything that happens to this girl in this movie is fucking perfect it's the fucking sunset boulevard of my own personal enjoyment just every shot every moment where's that girl's movie <laughs> oh should i expect her to just go like uh postal at the end of this one that would have been a great just close flip kelsey over yeah <laughs> i've had enough stephanie <laughs> And in this scene, by the way, I assume the boom was attached to a bird that they just let go in this gymnasium. Because every time it got near them, it would be like, oh, nah, I'm going to be a bum. <laughs> oh, and the dialogue was so painful. I've lost testicles with less discomfort. And not my own, but... Right. When she makes it, she goes, wow, I better call LeBron to scout you for the Cavs. And I wrote, I know nothing of sports. I'm pretty sure LeBron doesn't go to games and be like, ham. We should use ham. He, he does do a lot of the front office job in Cleveland, but yeah, probably not a scout. <laughs> and for fuck's sake, now we're going to sit in on Melissa's mom's therapy session. Remember that eight minute therapy session we got earlier and you were just like, oh, I hope there's more of that. There is. Right. And when she walks in, they have the most awkward handshake in the world. Second only to Carly Fiorina and Ted Cruz yeah, right, trying right. to do their little hand raise thing. So I check for weapons. No, just put your hand against hers. His tastes like butter. It is butter. Thank you for noticing. And this therapy session is basically, so you're still a bad mom? And she's like, yeah, I'm oh, still yeah. a bad mom. Oh, yeah. Do you hate your daughter? With a passion. And his advice at the end of this scene is, remember to smile. Smile more often and people will like you. And I was like, where did this guy go to therapy? The fucking gift shop at Cracker Barrel? (laughs) (laughs) And then at the very end of this little uh, meeting, the doc walks around his desk to the front like super rapely. Like as rapely as you could walk around a desk. And then we get... Very clearly a POV blowjob shot, like right before Very it's about clear. to happen. And no follow-up. Complete yeah. bullshit. Oh, my God. This guy is so fat. I wrote, I'm writing in my notes, like, they went through three desks that he leaned on before they found one that didn't slide into his Smack. voluminous no. ass. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, of course, he ends the session by saying, like, nobody expects you to be perfect, Jill. And I thought, that's the motto of this production company. <laughs> and uh, And that's it. Like, th- we watch her come in. We watch her talk for four minutes, and then she gets her purse and leaves. It was a four-minute counseling session, yeah, apparently. one of those four-minute therapy sessions they're so famous for. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so then we get this ridiculous fucking scene. It's 
useless again. Uh, this time with Melissa's mom, who I don't think ever... Oh, Jill, that's her name. So with Jill and the adopting mom and a bunch of people we've never met having brunch together. And this scene is... I completely disagree. This scene is essential because this scene is... <laughs> I laughed so hard at several moments of this scene that I had to stop the movie and just roll around weeping. Because what they keep coming back to is they're all, they all have these fantastic mom haircuts, oh, but yeah. there's one super fat woman at the table. And what they keep doing is they keep making like cholesterol jokes and blood pressure jokes around the table and every time it comes to the fat woman she very clearly looks at all the other actresses and is like go fuck yourself <laughs> she goes like oh the nurse is here are you gonna check our blood pressure and cholesterol and she's like i could and the fat one's like fuck you and then they do it again and i was like oh i better give up carbs i better give up sugar fuck you i'm not giving up shit <laughs> skinny bitches you gonna finish that Look like David Letterman's pug and also Babe Ruth at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she would have clearly looked out of place anywhere but scooping out creamed corn. And this is an actual line from this goddamn dialogue. Okay, I had to write this down. When they're all meeting Jill, Melissa's mom, she says, she says oh, she's a nurse. And she says, yes, nursing is a challenging job. It's difficult to see people in distress all the time, but it does make me appreciate Melissa all the more, though I do fear that I can't protect her sometimes. Fuck you! You do not get to use the same language as Shakespeare used, you talentless fucks! Write just in Esperanto! I bet you can't write an entire script without a comma. Bet I can. <laughs> more than chance. God. Holy shit. And then they plan a trip to the Amish country because apparently the Amish kicked in on this movie. It's like product placement or something. Right. And the, the and it zooms in on the fat woman's face. And like fucking Wilford Brimley from the diabetes commercial, she whispers, homemade Amish fudge. She, I have whispered things into the ears of my victims with less intensity, joy, and madness then this actress whispered the words homemade Amish fudge. If you don't watch these movies with us, and I know some people don't, some people are like, ah, I don't like to watch the movies, they're a waste of time. Just forward to this scene and watch this woman say homemade Amish fudge <laughs> like it's the last lines of Saving Private Ryan. It's fucking amazing. And they gave me a good 28 minute blackout after she yeah, says it right. to recover from the intensity. And the blackout starts mid-inhalation, by the way. <laughs> Apparently, they just couldn't get a spot where the fat lady's breathing wasn't audible to cut well, the scene off. that's because she obviously said, homemade Amish fudge motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and so they just cut off the flipped the table and ran to Amish country. <laughs> Just burst through some poor wooden shack. Give me all the fudge you have and no one gets hurt. Oh, God, it's hard again. Right. How do Amish people Shit. talk? This is when I turned on uh, YouPorn and searched for homemade Amish fudge. <laughs> That's some good stuff. Yeah, I'm not did surprised. you mean the Eli Bosnick story? They, yeah, right. I did mean that, yes. So now we cut to uh, Chris and his team and Melissa and her team all making up posters together for the basketballing. And I just wrote, everyone just shut up. Please, silent <laughs> film starting now. Now. And then the other girl just takes a moment to go, hey, by the way, just so you know, the other team is planning to murder you, Melissa. <laughs> right? Check your Gatorade for polonium. 
<laughs> and then you yell, shut up, fat friend, and the scene is, is over. I wrote in my notes, uh, I, I, I sure would have been lost without this scene. It's a good thing we established <laughs> where those posters that we'll see came from or whatever. And now we're off to the ballet. And I wrote, has there been a plot? Is this the plot? Ugh. Yeah. And Kelsey is wearing the whoriest of makeups in this scene. I mean, I know she's in the Nutcracker and she's in the ballet, but you don't get introduced to that first. So they just wheel her out and you're just like, whoa, all right. Someone went to the Mac counter and got left there for too long. <laughs> here, you just sit here. We're going to go fuck in the bathroom. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's the only way your dad can get hard. <laughs> so then we uh we go to the ballet itself and i i really like it, basically my note is okay this is really fucking cute i can't be mean it's really very sweet that they accommodated the handicapped girl and let her be in the ballet <laughs> right. but there is one scene where she's like being spun around and there's this little boy who's spinning her around and he looks so pissed to be a part of this me and him had a little moment together at this point <laughs> in the movie my uh my music note for this part was don't even think about making fun of this disabled girl in the ballet performance. <laughs> <laughs> well, Don't before she goes up it. there, she says, what if everyone laughs at me? And I was like, why would everyone laugh at you? They're Bond villains. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of assholery do you have? Some guy Akron? stands up in the audience, kid in a wheelchair. <laughs> 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 I mean, look, I did that once. Okay. But so maybe she heard about it or something. I don't know. What exact? How close Akron is? Oh, I'm actually from Ohio. Okay, she has reasonable fears. I take all of the things I just said back. I am from. I have family in Ohio that probably spread around. Yeah, probably. Uh, and, and so then, then we cut to uh, back home. They're decorating the Christmas tree because you know how parents like to leave the handicapped girl and the five year old there to decorate the Christmas tree together. So they want to hang something real high. But the little girl can't reach, and so she goes to get mom. But Kelsey decides, hey, shut. maybe she can stand after all. So she tries to hang it really high. I wrote, this gold bricker walks. And sure enough, <laughs> she falls out of her fucking wheelchair. And all of our notes are identical at this point. We all wrote, is she dead? If she dead, that's <laughs> shitty. Well, but if you think about it, this would not be the first dance Christian movie we watched where the girl died in front of the Christmas tree at the end. So I thought that very well could have been the case. Well, it just I, becomes a meme. <laughs> <laughs> well, she fell out of her wheelchair and lands perfectly inside like a chalk outline. So yeah. it, it's easy to understand how she might be. She, she lands into a all... baby coffin. <laughs> yeah. <it's>, uh... <laughs> And then we cut to her getting ready for bed like that last scene never happened. Are we going to address that? Did she get hurt or anything? Who the fuck knows? Maybe this scene is from before and she is dead. I have no fucking clue. Well, at least we know she hasn't been faking it this whole time. I think it's important <laughs> that's, scene. That's what we were trying I was, to I was thinking about it until now. That's what that and, uh, last scene solved. Oh, I'm a lot and happier about this movie great. now. This is great. We ha almost have a heaven is for real moment, but mom tells her to go fuck herself. She's like, I remember when Jesus sent me to earth. And she's like, no, you fucking didn't. Yeah, right. And I wrote in my notes, thank you. Yeah, right. Throwing some shade at the heaven is for real kid. They were like, how come their book made money? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. They got Greg Kinnear. Yeah, right. She's like, yeah, I, I know everyone walks in heaven, but I want to walk now. So uh kill me? I, I can't I like do that, suicide. That I, wouldn't. I would walk right away. Right? <laughs> she just snaps her neck like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat <laughs> Annihilation. Just like. <laughs> There you go, hon. Fuck, another one. That's what happened with Stacy. We oh, got to yeah. remember. <laughs> oh, in heaven you can walk. Watch. Um, so 
yeah, and then we get that her saying her prayers, and it's been so long since I've heard that now I lay me down to sleep prayer that I forgot how fucking creepy it is to tell children to say, oh, hey, if I die while I'm asleep tonight, please don't burn me in hell. Yeah, it's a weird, weird fucking poem. I had heard like the beginning. Now I lay me down to sleep, but I didn't hear the second half. So I paused it and I was like, is that it? I Googled it and I was like, what the fuck is that? What kind of weird spell is that? (laughs) (laughs) Just in case I die, come get me, bro. (laughs) It's like when a friend texts you, come pick me up at one, no matter what I say, no matter what I do, 1 a.m., you come get me from this party. And then we get to, then we cut over to, uh, Melissa practicing her sportsing and oh my god, is she bad at basketball? Hey, this movie's running a little bit short. Uh, can we get 975 shots of her failing a free throw? <laughs> I guarantee you it took them a bunch of takes for her to miss and still hit the rim a bunch of times. That was a task. <laughs> All right, we don't want you to miss by that much. Uh, All of a sudden, she's hitting every shot. Fuck! What was at the end of her at the end of her montage of her missing? She like throws the ball over her shoulder, half court style, and I wanted her to make the half court shot one handed and be like, "I have no idea how basketball works." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wrote. I bet if she had Jesus, she could do it, Um, but uh, she doesn't. And uh, my music note here was. I don't want the audience to realize that music is playing. Can you play something like that on guitar for like 92 <laughs> seconds, 93 seconds, something like that? I can forget it. Yeah. yeah, my music note for this scene is just a man in his truck. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, uh, we cut to, we get a little montage here, and it starts with Melissa's mom picking up the Bible. Bingo! Um, we also, in this montage, get uh, mom and Melissa therapying together and smiling and she tells this insane story. She's like, I remember once you found out that cocoa butter was good for your skin. So you went into the kitchen and covered yourself in butter. This guy, Eli, showed up. It was not great. <laughs> not great. That's why dad left. <laughs> Am I supposed to not be jerking off to this? Because that's a lot to ask. Come on. Come on. This movie hasn't given me much. But they, they have a breakthrough moment. She's like, hey, my dad is dead. And she's like, your dad is dead. My dad is dead. I'm no longer a troubled teen. Yeah, right. They, <laughs> they've bonded over buttery memories and all of their troubles are over. And then we show up at the big game, which I guess this movie has been about. <laughs> yep. Yes. Because nothing brings in cr- packed crowds like high school girls basketball. <laughs> yeah. So I love to. They show the audience shot and about half of the people are staring directly into the camera. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the music is suggesting here that Captain Falcon is definitely about to show up at this girls high school basketball game. I'm quite certain. And he's going to do mute My music note was, remember the 90s? This was rock or whatever. Who knows? <laughs> And then we get the 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 wonderful sports thing that we've come to expect out of Christian movies. And I'm just going to hand this over to Heath. He's a bit more um, of a basketball fan. I, I have fan. a couple of notes on this. I have a couple of <laughs> yeah. notes on the basketball that, that happened here. Um, so we get a, a long montage of what's supposed to be like the highlights of basketball. Um, that includes, among other things, the possession arrow changing. Yes. That was part of the action sequence. That's literally the least exciting thing that could possibly happen in a basketball game. Anyway, uh, we also got an inbounds pass, yep. but actually just the first half of one because somebody broke their nose about a tenth of a second after that cut and they had to go there. Um, we also get a double dribble, and a traveling violation 
in the highlight montage. Yes, we do. And no shooting of baskets, really, or anything. <laughs> right. right. And then uh, finally, we're getting near the end, and uh, they show you the scoreboard. It's 78-77, and there's zero seconds left on the clock. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, um, this group of actors couldn't make that score happen if we gave them a month. <laughs> that, there's right. no way that one of those teams made 78 points and the other team made 77. Not possible. Right. But Each basket is 11 points, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Even then. But, yeah, I can't get 78 yeah, there. Yeah, right. But more importantly, if you're taking the final foul shot here with zero seconds on the clock and it's 78-77, your team either already won – or you could tie it and go to overtime, but it's literally impossible for this to be the game-winning shot. It, right? Cannot be. <laughs> yeah, and Cannot apparently, be. they have no fucking yeah. idea. <laughs> right? And I wrote. I hope they realize this and don't react like she just won the game if she makes the shot. And she makes the shot. And, and they, they like she just won the game. Won the game. Yeah. But before she makes the shot, she has like a a montage remembering all the times she missed, and then a montage of the little girl telling her like, "You gotta work." And I wrote in my notes, "Get up, you son of a bitch," because Crippy loves you. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just want to reiterate here: the climax of this movie was a tie in basketball that they accidentally pretended was a win. Well, yeah. but but. That wasn't the climax for the movie, though. Like, that should have been the climax, but there are 20 more fucking minutes of this movie. It's like all my notes now are like, why are you not over? Right. I just wanted to see these refs just, like, look at each other, kind of shrug and leave. Yeah. Go home. All right. They know it's a They, they time, think overtime right? it's not happening. You want right. to go get high in the parking lot? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm a high school basketball ref. I want to be high as much as humanly possible. <laughs> Also, Fat Friend runs up to her when they win the game, and it's perfect, because she's like, congratulations, and if you scream, shut up, Fat Friend, she will look sad and walk off for no reason. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I can't recommend it enough. Just give yourself the treat. Also, uh, uh Melissa's mom and Melissa's dad's mom make up or something. Right. Um, and then we cut to Chris, the boyfriend, uh practicing baseball with sloth yes we've moved into a different sports season altogether now i guess and they're talking (sighs) christian apologetics while they throw around a basketball yeah baseball rather yeah fat ice hockey guy is an atheist as it turns out and he likes to do uh atheist apologetics during (laughs) high school baseball practice (laughs) hey man i've been reading some hitchens and uh i thought i would run these by you while we toss this ball back and forth very clearly cutting the shot because there's no way we could ever throw this ball back and forth Yeah, and I love to, okay, so Chris, the basketball player, is throwing a baseball where wearing a shirt that says football. He's a sportsy guy, y'all. <laughs> and he's medium guy from ice hockey. Yeah, he's that, got a lot that of too. Co- yeah, he's got all four of them, doesn't he? <laughs> and then we cut to Fat Worm Muncher going to church to check out this Jesus thing. You know, the guy from the Christian school. Right. And the pastor is giving the weirdest, most boring possible uh, sermon you could ask for. Yeah, boring for a like, sermon. Yeah, Jesus has sent you an evite and an and an invite on Facebook. Please make sure to rep- don't just say maybe because <laughs> then you're gonna keep getting the notifications and nobody <laughs> likes that. We don't like doing it and you don't like getting them. <laughs> yeah. 
Also, very hard to miss the fact that the pastor actually says the words, those of us who are heavy, heavily laden, right as the fat guy walks in. <laughs> and then fat walks in the church and sits behind even way fatter. <laughs> that was- Can't even any. Picks up a Bible. That was in poor taste. I'm just saying. If I say it's in poor taste, it was definitely in poor <laughs> taste. And now we get to remember the mom who had the daughter first and then left her with the abusive husband. Remember her? Me She's going to do the setup for some lesbian porn. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way this scene would have made sense. Yeah, it's all my notes. She's like, "Oh, I'm so glad you called. Please come in." Why don't I go make you coffee? And I was like, oh, what's this computer with porn on it? I can't help but touch myself. I hope no one walks in. <laughs> but no, instead they're just like, hey, I'm sorry I broke my kid and gave it to you. And she's like, ah, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. It's not that big a deal. We got a ramp and everything. <laughs> I saw. <laughs> sorry, my uh, ex-husband severed my, your, uh, Sorry, you crippled Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's why I'm here. And again, I don't mean to to like just be overbearing on the audio shit, but this scene is so goddamn squeaky. This whole scene is like watch, listen to a fat guy settle into a small chair. Right. She also says, "I want you to know, I had no idea he would do that." And I'm like, "Really?" Because I remember you having a conversation three <laughs> seconds before he did it, where you very clearly demonstrated concern about exactly what he was going to do. Uh, yeah. And so now we cut to, and because we're in sort of a every scene is more useless than the last one kind of a mode, now we're in a gazebo and there's a band and Kelsey's sad that she can't dance, but then an old guy dances with her so she's happy. Yeah. Ladies right. and gentlemen, I only see my kids on weekends, the band. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, my music note here was, we couldn't find two real musicians to put in the movie so we bought this piano music to play over the part when the musicians should have been playing stuff in the scene but we can't play that so here's some piano music apparently describe the plot of this movie i will give you every cent i have (laughs) every fucking cent tell me the plot of this goddamn movie i'm thinking like the in the elevator pitch the elevator just got broken they were stuck there (laughs) until the fire department could show up or something and she had to keep vamping i have no fucking idea then they go to a gazebo concert And also, by the way, if you take this little girl out of the wheelchair and imagine this old man dancing with her, this scene is really uncomfortable. Yeah, uncomfortable. (laughs) Uncomfortable. (laughs) Eli always pronounces word wrong. (laughs) Shit. That's what I meant. Uncomfortable. Should have worn sweats. So so now we get (laughs) Melissa Cohen's. For fuck's sake. We should you we deserve your emails this week guys. I'm just going to I'm just going to throw it out. We actually deserve. We've earned them. Uh so now we get Melissa. She's going off to college where she'll try lesbian stuff hopefully or something. She got a basketball scholarship. We're supposed to believe that character got a basketball scholarship. Yeah, right. To uh yeah, Akron Community College or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then also, of course, this is where Kelsey tells her that she was just the medicine that Melissa needed when God put them together at exactly the right time. I'm so glad God broke your back and sent you to that orthopedic scanner right when I was there doing community service. Right. And you see in Kelsey's face her being like, hmm, yeah, I don't know that I would agree, but glad you enjoyed our friendship. <laughs> Must be the whole supporting your own spine thing that makes that easy to feel. (laughs) 
And, uh, yeah, so Kelsey's talking to Melissa here, and this happens several times in the scene. She keeps nodding at Melissa. Like, she's clearly saying, yeah, it's, it's, it's your line again. Go. Fucking go. <laughs> when I'm done, it's you. And of course, because we can still have a more useless scene, we then cut to Melissa and Chris walking together on the beach. She's like, he's like, so are you going to be on campus when you go to college? She's like, no, I'll probably stay at home. And he says, gotta help you with your half court shot. Now, Heath, I'm no expert. The half court shot. Is that a common thing one works on as a basketball player? I know one can win a car by achieving one. <laughs> yeah, the vast majority of half-court shots happen uh, underhand with a fan from the audience. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Absolutely. With a guy in a bee costume trying to distract you. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we get a wonderful dialogue with them on the beach, and they're like, yeah, you think this scene will matter? No, no. probably not. <laughs> There's also probably a moment not. where she goes, brat and he looks at her like she was like cunt <laughs> like the, he looks at her like she dropped an n-bomb that is literally she's like oh what she's like they also have a great moment where this is so badly staged that they get up and then immediately sit back down again <laughs> we were oh no we're still oh this is still for some reason the scene cut. is still no? on okay yeah, and then we cut to uh to Kelsey gardening with Dad, and yeah, it, I know that I just keep saying, and then we cut to because there's no progression going on here. It's just another scene. In this scene, Kelsey's gardening with Dad, and she doesn't want to wait for the plants to grow, but he says, "Well, we'll have to wait for God." And she says, "Well, can't we just wither them out of spite, though? Isn't that what God <laughs> would do?" And he says, "No," and she wants to play basketball. Right, and he's like, "Oh." Cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, look into that when you happen. forget about it in a year. <laughs> and then she walks away on crutches. Well, yeah, she has prosthetic legs now, so go science and not religion. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's over because we're done. They could have showed her playing, like, wheelchair basketball, and it could have been well, awesome. Well, that's what here. I thought. I mean, that's what I thought for sure. When they, like, they set the whole thing up, it's like, oh, I know I want to play basketball. It's like, oh, well, you know, they have a whole yeah, type of basketball. Yeah, it's a sweet sport. Yeah, yeah exactly. And th- and some of the Paralympic athletes are incredible. Amazing. Like, you don't... Everyone in this movie just hasn't heard of all these incredible athletes who overcome their disability. Right. It's part of what makes it so terrible is they're just like, oh, if you can't walk, you can't do shit. Here, crutchety crutch, crutch away while we throw up the credits. (laughs) And then we end the movie with a child abuse PSA. Yeah, I don't have anything to make fun of in that, and I'm kind of hoping... That Eli doesn't either. <laughs> well, I guess um, now since you have nothing, I have nothing. <laughs> delete, 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 <laughs> delete, delete. Eli's deleting a music note that said, in the legs of an angel. Oh, damn <laughs> Shit. Yeah, and that was it. That was the movie. We get a few home movies that have the same production quality as the rest of the film, and then that's it. <laughs> and uh, by the way, when this closed out, Netflix was quite sure that the next thing I wanted to do last night was rewatch What Would Jesus Do Part 2 of the Word Carver. <laughs> Me too. Quite certain. It was convinced. I wanted to see Johnny Rats. Now, obviously, we can't profane all the terrible things that have gotten one star in the past by comparing them to this movie. So rather than asking how many stars this flick deserves, I ask you this. What is the worst thing that you would do to your adopted Russian child rather than watch this movie again? <laughs> all right, um... I guess if I if I came across an arbitrage opportunity and I could buy 
disabled orphans in Russia and sell disabled orphans in Syria for a profit. <laughs> like I consider it if I could make enough money to buy this movie and remove it from the universe. Oh. Okay, all right. No, that's humanitarian. Okay, at the yeah. end, you saved it at the end. I thought I did. <laughs> Brought it back. And Eli. Uh, well, I'm going with the style of the film because, uh, Kelsey was obviously, uh, handicapped by being raised up slightly in the air. So I would, uh, <laughs> slowly put a cigarette out on my own hand and then wave my hand over a lighter in front of her. You know, <laughs> I was going with Bond movie villain tropes. I-, I would throw my hat at her and cut her head off. Oh, they- <laughs> <laughs> And well, I guess that does it for our review of More Than Chance. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to make you squeal like a piggy for next week's show. So Eli, tell us what's on deck. Rock, it's your decision. Oh, finally. (laughs) I'm so excited about this one. Uh, now, I, I, I wasn't able, was there a preview for this? I couldn't find a preview. No, I just watched the movie. Yeah, I, I just flicked <laughs> through the video like to five different spots and was like, yep, got it. Yeah, Perfect. that's going to be it's, fun. It's uh, Estes Perkle in 1982. Yeah, more or less. Right, right, exactly. But according to the IMDb page, people who like this movie also liked Oh Heavenly Dog with Chevy Chase. So how bad could it be? That's right. And this was suggested to us by Rez OKC again, right? Yes, yeah. And holy shit, after Vultures of Horror, you've got, you could bomb like with four suggestions and we'd still be taking them at this point. So thank you much for that. This is the first of the, hey, what if the bad guys from Footloose got to make a movie genre? But there are men, I looked this up afterwards. I was like, oh, Christian anti rock movie. And there's a million of them. The other one, which is Hell's Bells, is like nine hours long. So I was like, no, I need to do that when i've emotionally prepared myself but i cannot wait to watch 53 minutes about why i shouldn't like rock and roll and it's the devil's way of getting into your soul yes yeah we're breaking open a whole new genre next week so with all that to look forward to, we're going to bring episode 40 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. All the music used in the this episode was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars and was used with permission. If you like what you hear, hear more by following the link on the show notes for this episode. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a Breakfast Club close. Breakfast Club Stacy, the Mihalik's first disabled child, was never found after that plane crash in the Andes. <laughs> Melissa's stoner friends went on to start a podcast and everything worked out just fine for them, so fuck you. (laughs) Molly got a word in Arabic tattooed on her lower back and currently calls herself a tattoo artist. (laughs) 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 Call me Molly. (laughs) This is really fucked up, man. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) 